feel like a hamster inside of a wheel running a sprint inside of a marathon while balancing on top of a teeter-totter. This podcast is for you. Welcome to Settle Smarter with me, Dana Look Arimoto. Welcome to Settle Smarter Podcast. I am your host, Dana Luck Arimoto. Today's guest is very special to me, and within the next few minutes, I'm sure she will be special to you. Her name is Ashley Bernardi. She runs Nardi Media, and she is someone that I work with as a publicist, and I've gotten to know as an incredible woman and mom and partner. So I'd love to talk to her today about what she's going through now in the family facet of her life and how she's integrating the rest of the five key facets that we talk about and unpack on every episode. Welcome, Ashley. Dana, thank you so much for having me. I am so delighted to be here. We're honored that you're with us, and this struggle is real right now for all of us, and you are very bold and brave. I so admire how you're navigating, and I'd love you to tell the listeners today on the show how you're doing it, actually, with little kids and a business and a husband. Like You wear so many hats, so will you just unpack for us? How are you doing it? Yeah. So, I mean, right now and in the past two weeks, three weeks, our lives have been uprooted and changed. My three young children, ages four, six, and nine are now home with me full-time. I'm running a company also full-time. I'm also mostly single parenting full-time as my husband is still at work. So we are, it has, it has been a, a transition and a delicate dance. And I will say at first I did, when they canceled schools, I brought in a nanny because I knew I needed, I, I'm a, I've learned that, you know, it's important to delegate as you know, Dana. Um, and so I said, the first thing I'm going to do is get a nanny. But this week I said, you know what, this virus is a major risk to the health of, of so many people. And I don't want to risk the health of my family or, or be careless and reckless and, and have somebody else risk somebody else's health. So I got rid of our nanny and this is actually, today is my second day of being a full-time stay-at-home mom, a full-time teacher and a full-time business owner. And so how am I doing this? I am being kind to myself. I am taking care of myself. I am letting things go. I had a schedule set for the girls this morning, but I didn't sleep well last night. I was up at 4 a.m. I was worried. I felt like, you know, am I coming down with something? So I said, girls, you're just going to watch a movie this morning. I'm going to relax. I'm going to get some work done in bed. They were happy. Then we played outside and now they're watching another movie and that's okay. That is okay. So that's what I'm doing right now is I'm being kind to myself and I'm just letting what is be. So this is sage wisdom for everyone, regardless if you have the three full-time jobs, just to count for all of you in case you didn't hear what Ashley said, she currently has three full-time jobs. So that's probably two jobs too many, but welcome to life. So uh, really think about your own situation for a minute, why Ashley tells us more about how she's managing through and integrating work into life and, you know, all of her key facets, especially family, which is literally next to her now 24-7. Think for yourself what it is that you want to do to be kind 
to yourself. We're really going to shout out that that is the message of the day, especially during this time of uncertainty, fear and doubt uh, and the virus, which has changed everyone's lives for the future most likely not on a temporary basis. Ashley and I talked about that in the pre-show. So Ashley, in terms of what you've learned that really keeps you going, is there something that you have found that works, that's carrying you through even now in this pressure cooker? I have been in this space before. I have been through this pressure cooker of hopelessness and despair. Four years ago, I was battling for my life with undiagnosed Lyme disease and postpartum depression. And I went through, um, I was bedridden for months, but in that process, I was reborn. I was spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically reborn. And, and because I went through this experience, I learned some pretty incredible coping mechanisms to, um, to, to have us get through the, these hard moments. Here's the first thing I'll tell you and, 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 and your, tell your listeners is, and this is the one thing that I told myself when I was in the thick of Lyme disease and in the throes of depression and despair is this is temporary at the time. I didn't believe it. When I had Lyme disease, I told myself, Ashley, this is temporary. This moment in time of coronavirus is temporary. We are, it, it feels like forever, but I promise you, promise you, this is not forever. So first thing is tell yourself, this is temporary. Say it out loud. Second thing is we're in a moment of of time where we are scared. I am scared. I am, I have days where I feel hopeless. I am sad. I have friends who are, have died from this virus. I am scared. What can you do to cope? What are some of your favorite things to do that make you happy? When I had Lyme disease, I took a white piece of paper and all my favorite colors and markers, and I wrote down all my favorite things to do. Now, the things that you love to do are going to be different from what I love to do, but here are some examples of things that I love to do. I love to write. I love poetry. I love dance. I love watching ballets. I love to meditate, pray, do yoga, take a bath. I mean, I could go on. I had all of my things written down on a beautiful piece of paper and I stuck it on my fridge. So that way I knew that if I was feeling panic, hopelessness, despair, frustration, sadness, whatever emotion, I knew that I could turn to something immediately. I had a reminder on my fridge and I had a couple other reminders elsewhere. So wherever you think you're going to go the most and you don't, and you turn there, you light a candle, you listen to music, you help get through those moments. Um, so going, I want to jump in for one minute and talk about the impact to children or loved ones or parents or friends or coworkers who might get some joy and inspiration out of seeing your list and making their own list. So tell me about your girls a little bit, if you'd be willing to do that. Did they see that list? Oh yeah. They saw this list and involved in every single process of this. Um, I mean, everything. So I, I also, when I was going, when I was going through Lyme, I wrote down all of my favorite quotes. I like literally everywhere. I framed them. I put them up in the kitchen. They're still there today. So I involved them in my process. Um, gratitude is also a big part of, um, healing for all of us. And, um, every day I write what I say out right now, I'm saying out loud what I'm thankful for. Cause I just feel like the universe needs to hear what I'm thankful for. But at dinner time, every night we involve our children and we, and we have them say three things. What's one thing you're thankful for? 
something you want to share. It can be anything you want to share. And what's something kind that you did today for somebody? And it's usually like something kind for your sister, something kind for a parent, just to get them involved in this process. Um, I involve them in yoga and meditation. We're doing nightly meditation together every night right now. Um, so yes, I want to be that example and live that example for them because I want them to know that these coping, is, coping mechanisms that I have learned in my lowest points of life can be used at any time. You don't have to be low you can be high, you can be anything, but use them at any time to help yourself because you know, you have to be kind to yourself, put yourself first. And I want them to see that. So I always talk about me before we, and I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but you know, I love to play fact versus fiction. So let's do a little round of that. Producer Paul, don't, don't kill me. So fact versus fiction, putting me before we is selfish. Fact or fiction? Oh, that's not selfish. <laughs> putting me before we? <laughs> no way. I. This is another thing with Lyme disease that I have learned. Um, before I had Lyme disease, I was putting, putting we before me. I was going the extra mile for people at work, for my clients, for my husband, for my children. I was not taking care of myself. It wasn't until I was literally physically forced to take care of myself or something more bad could have happened that I had to put myself first. So now it's non-negotiable. If I'm not feeling good, I take the day off work. If I feel like my kids need a movie day, they're going to do a movie day. We're not going to force anything on anyone, especially right now, especially at a time. And, and like, it's all okay. What you're doing, anything you're doing is the right thing to be doing. So this is incredible advice and I want our listeners to really get it for themselves. So take a moment for yourselves again right now because Ashley's given some things to really apply. Don't just listen and nod your head. I want you to apply it. So here's what you're going to do as listeners while Ashley and I take a couple of seconds to reflect ourselves. I want you to actually write down three things that you're grateful for. And I'd like you to share it with whomever you're coexisting with right now, uh, your kids, your husband, your wife, your partner, your sister, your cousin, your parents, whatever it is in terms of this coexisting bubble that we're all living in, in this very unusual time, I'd love you to actually share three things you're grateful for. It is a quick hit way to get yourself unstuck. And that is settling smarter. So Ashley, do you have a few more you want to unpack? Because you are on a very beautiful roll here. I don't want to stop you. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I have so many. So another big component of this moment in time of coronavirus right now, um, I want you all to think to yourself, I want you to get spiritual. Now, that being spiritual looks very different for, for everyone. 
to me, being spiritual, what I say is like, whatever God or universe or higher power that you believe in, it doesn't matter. When What I did when I was going through Lyme disease, I had a church family. I joined my church choir. I felt like I had the flu every day, but I felt like I had to sing to heal. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I did it. I, when I was my sickest, I was on my hands and knees praying to God to heal me, crying, sobbing. Um, but that's what, and you know, I also have spiritual mentors and energy healers and meditation and yoga. So it, my spiritual practice looks very different from everyone's. Um, for those that don't necessarily, if they're not the religious type, my husband isn't really the religious type. His spirituality is nature. His spirituality is staring into a fire. His spirituality is being out in the woods. And and that is where my husband finds himself. And I see that in him. And I see how much he has grown by spending more time in nature over the past couple of years. So I always say like, just try to flex that spiritual muscle right now. Right now is a time for massive, massive spiritual growth. You have to listen within. And if you're not sure where to start, I recommend, this is a spiritual practice that I do, is a spirit, I do journaling. So every morning I get up and I write and I stream of conscious write. I write whatever is on my mind. And sometimes I feel like it doesn't even come from me. It comes from a higher power. The more you write, the more you free write, the more easily it just flows on paper. And if you look back and see what you're writing, you get a lot of clarity about your true desires, who you really are, what spirituality means to you. I mean, if you're not sure, write the question down, what does spirituality mean to me and define it. And and that's where you can start. So I promise you flex the muscle, more will come. And there's so much growth to happen if you do. So acceptance just came to mind as I was listening to you share this. And when you talked about your husband staring into the fire, now is a time for everyone to take the judgment out of their well-being facet of life yeah. because it actually leads to you not feeling good and those that you're judging not feeling good. And when you're compressed inside this, you know, coexistence in your home more than ever, we really need to pull the judgment way back. So when Ashley said that he stares into the fire or he's out in nature and that is his spiritual practice, I just want to make sure you heard what she said because we are all individual like fingerprints and that's part of being integrated with work into life and making sure that our family and our friends and right now in particular our community are seen for the joy that they bring and the good that they are and not for what they're not, not for being less than. So thank you so much for sharing that wisdom. Uh, I asked you earlier if you'd be willing to share a favorite quote, and I don't know what it is yet, so will you share that with us? So this one, I, I have so many favorite quotes, but this is the one that has spoken to me today. I think it just puts into perspective for everyone. We're all collectively going through this crisis together, and um, I think there's a good lesson in this. So it's by Viktor Frankl. He's a Holocaust survivor. Between stimulus and response, there is space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. That is incredible. So for our listeners, today is about finding your space 
and really naming that space. And to Ashley's point, whether it's putting it up on your fridge or calling someone that you haven't talked to in a couple weeks or FaceTiming with someone that you need to see who's a coworker, reach out and share where you're finding that space so that others can also find their own space. And together, you know, we do move further faster, even in a time that's so constrained. So before we wrap up, let's do a couple more rounds of fact versus fiction in the family facets. Because now, unlike when I first asked you to join this podcast, you might even have different answers, perhaps. Yes, Let's let's see. (laughs) So much has changed in two weeks. And amazing the human spirit and how we just are so flexible and adaptable. Look at that for a way to honor the space that we're creating. Okay, fact versus fiction. You should feel guilty having your kids watch movies half the day today. Uh Fiction, a hundred percent. Now, old Ashley, pre-Lyme disease, Ashley would have been like, Mm-mm, we've got a schedule and I would have been mean to myself about it. And I would have stuck to, and I would have gotten frustrated at them today. It's just all going with the flow. And that is, it's fiction. You do not feel guilty about letting your kids watch TV all day. Cause some days we just all got to do it in the same way. You don't feel guilty about eating that ice cream. Just be kind to yourself. I will not divulge what reality shows I am binge watching right now. <laughs> uh oh, Smizel. Okay, so fact versus fiction. My kids love me less when I don't keep up with them. Fiction. A child's love to their parent and a parent's love to their child is unconditional. And there are days for sure when I feel like, you know what, I need to be spending more time with them and I consciously try to make an effort to do it. But our love is boundless. It is endless. It is unconditional. And there's nothing that I I can do to change that. It's a, it's a spiritual contract with my children. So, um, yeah, that's definitely fiction. (laughs) And one more. So fact versus fiction. When I make conscious trade-offs and or compromises, I'm inferior. Um, when I make conscious trade-offs or compromises, I'm inferior. Fiction. I mean, no, (laughs) you have to make conscious compromises and trade-offs. This is part of life. Like this is part of settling smarter. Um, This is, this is what we need to be doing to settle smarter. So no, I mean this, and this also to me, what comes up for me is business, Um, making some pretty conscious decisions, having my managing director step in and take on a bigger role within my company. So I can do some other creative things like more writing, but also be with my children right now. And that was a conscious decision. And what's the trade-off? It might meant that I was less in the daily weeds of my clients, but I know that they're being served so well because I'm hiring rock stars. We will not get through coronavirus alone. Uh-uh. Not no. This is where this is when we turn to our we turn to our mentors, our loved ones, our friends, our therapists, our doctors. We lean on each other. We're there for each other. We learn from them. I want to echo what Ashley said. We do not get through any of these hard times alone. She said, no, 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 five times. Boiling down complexity into simplicity is the goal, which provides clarity. And that really is the thread in this conversation on this show with Ashley, who has shared so much wisdom, so much personal stories and journey. And I am so grateful 
for your authenticity and the light that you shine so that others may learn and grow and find their gratitude and their space. So I'm going to give you the last word today. What is it? The last word I want to give to the audience today is just one of love and compassion for yourself and for those around you right now. I think when it comes down to if we walk, when we do eventually walk away from this temporary situation, I want you to be proud of how you handled it in a loving and compassionate way for yourself and for those around you. Beautiful. We are so grateful to you and we are really looking forward to talking to you again in the coming months as we reach a new level of awareness, authenticity, and gratitude with space. Settle Smarter is produced by New Dog Media in association with Phoenix Fifth, who are solely responsible for the content. Check the show notes for links to our website, settlesmarter.com, to find Dana Lokaramoto's latest book, take the quiz, read more about today's guest, and to contact us with your response to the show or any questions or comments. And don't forget to subscribe to the Settle Smarter podcast and share the episode. Settle Smarter was recorded and edited by Paul Godwin, who also composed our theme music. Settle Smarter can be heard at Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you hear your podcasts. On behalf of Dana Look, Arimoto, and the whole Settle Smarter team, this is Paul Godwin saying, stay home and keep safe. Thank you.